0: Well, Merry Christmas, City Church. I am really excited to be with you today as we continue in our series, Faces at the Manger, where we're looking at the stories of various people who were present around the birth of Jesus, and we're looking at how their stories can inspire and influence our lives today. So far, we've looked at Mary's story at Joseph's story and at Simeon's story. And today, we're gonna unpack the journey that the Magi took, or sometimes known as the wise men, on their way to meet Jesus. But before we look at their story, I wanna tell you a story about a journey that I took a while back. Now, anybody that has ever traveled with me, hiked with me, or even been to La Quintera Mall with me knows that I am directionally challenged. I just wasn't born with the direction gene. Like I could not find my way out of a kindergartner's corn maze if I tried. And I believe that one of the best technological advancements and inventions that has influenced my life the most is Google Maps. It is just too bad it wasn't around sooner. I remember it was my first night at college. I was in a new city, I was all moved into my dorm room, I was feeling like grown and independent and I was ready to take on the world and I was also just a little bit hungry so I jumped in my car to go find some drive-through and I'm not kidding, I must have driven just a couple of miles, maybe past just two or three lights, picked up some to-go food and I literally drove around for the next Two hours looking for my way back to campus. I remember I must have stopped and asked for directions at least five times, and each time I asked, I felt further and further away from my destination, and like nobody that I was asking was really helping me. And I was getting all worked up until I saw a police officer sitting in his car in a parking lot. And I went up to him and I was like a hot mess and I was crying and I was like, I'm lost. Can you please help me? I need to get back to the dorm room before curfew's up and I've asked for directions and nobody's helping. And I was just a mess. And he was amazing. Whether or not it was out of the kindness of his own heart or sheer and utter pity for me, he offered to drive to campus and have me follow him in my car and I wasn't too proud to take him up on that offer, and it literally, my grown and independent self was back on campus a whopping four and a half minutes later. True story. Have you ever known what you were looking for, but you didn't know where to find it? I mean, I think that we have all felt this and we've all experienced this in our lives at some point. Maybe you experienced this when you were looking for your spouse, or maybe you're experiencing now as you're looking for somebody to spend your life with. You know what you're looking for, but you don't know where to find it. Or maybe you're looking for a place where you truly belong. You know what you're looking for, but you don't know where to find it. Or maybe you're looking for the perfect workplace or the perfect job for you and your skills. You know what you're looking for, but you don't know where to find it. Or maybe something, it's something as simple as you're looking for the remote control for the thousandth time. It's like you know what you're looking for, you just don't know where your kids left it. You know, we can all relate to knowing what we're looking for but not knowing where to find it and we aren't the first people to experience this feeling. The Magi felt this as well on their journey to finding Jesus. Now, a little background on who the Magi were. They were occultic priests. They weren't Jewish like Mary, Joseph, and Simeon, whose stories we've looked at in this series. And for over 600 years, they had been political advisors in the Babylonian, Persian, and Parthian kingdoms, which is modern day Iraq and Iran. They were astrologers and they were fortune tellers. So how How did the Magi end up as faces at the manger? Well, this is the beginning of Matthew chapter two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Okay, so the magi, they're astrologers and they see a star, a star that they believed announced that the king, that the long-awaited king of the Jews that had been prophesied about hundreds of years earlier had been born. So they set out on a journey to find him, but not just to meet him. They set out on a journey so that they could worship him. And this tells us right here that the Magi were the first recorded people who were not of the Jewish religion, who had a completely different belief system, were the, the first people to come and worship Jesus as the king. And when the Magi set out on their journey, they knew what they were looking for, a newly born baby king, but they didn't know where he was. The scripture says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the Magi went to Jerusalem. Now I always read that, but I never really thought about this detail before. So I decided to do some really deep theological research and consult my favorite technology, Google Maps. And it turns out that Babylon, the area where the Magi would have been from to Jerusalem is about a 725 mile journey. That's like the distance from San Antonio, Texas to Memphis, Tennessee. And the Magi, they couldn't just jump in in a car that they rented, right? According to the nativity scene at my house, they were on camels. But whether or not the Magi walked or they took camels, it doesn't matter. This journey would have taken them months. The Magi knew what they were looking for and they were on a journey to go and to find it. Have you ever been so excited about something that you were willing to go on a long, hard journey to find it? I think about uh, my children. In my first pregnancy, I had morning sickness so bad that I was hospitalized five times for IV fluids to manage my dehydration because I couldn't keep anything down for seven months. But I was so excited and willing to go on that long, hard journey again for my second, and my third child. Maybe you're excited to get out from underneath a mountain of debt and you're willing to go on the long hard journey that it's gonna take for you to be debt free. Or maybe you've had a number of relationships in your past that have been bad and you're willing to go on a journey of not settling wherever that leads you because you understand your worth. Or maybe maybe you know what you wanna be when you grow up and you're willing to go on the long, hard journey to getting that degree, to getting that training or those credentials that are gonna help make you successful. The Magi were excited to meet and to worship the new king. They knew who they were looking for and they were willing to go on the journey to find him. And that journey, that journey led them to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was like the religious headquarters where all the religious leaders were. So the magi went there assuming and maybe even expecting to find their new king in a palace surrounded by servants on fine linens being celebrated and worshiped. So when they get there, when they get to Jerusalem, they go straight to the current king. They go to King Herod and he wasn't happy that they were there. When King Herod heard this, that the Magi were asking where the new king was, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. Now, King Herod was the reigning king, so when the Magi come looking for a new king that puts his throne in jeopardy, so I can see why he was immediately on the defensive, like got it, but why does scripture say that all of Jerusalem was disturbed with him? Well, scholars believe that there was likely a caravan of magi, not just three. And I know that messes with some of our nativity scenes and all of the pictures that we see of the wise men, but uh, that, that makes sense as to why the city would have felt disturbed. I mean, if three people are gonna roll up in your city, it's like whatever, but if a whole slew of people come into your city, that's a completely different story. And all of Jerusalem was disturbed because the religious people knew that the Magi were pagan priests who practiced stargazing and astrology, which was forbidden by God's commandments. And the Magi had come into their religious headquartered city looking for their prophesied king that they had been waiting on for hundreds of years that their religious leaders knew nothing about. And I can see why this would make them feel disturbed by the Magi's presence. The magi, they knew what they were looking for. They saw a star, and they traveled hundreds of miles over months to get there. And instead of finding Jesus, they faced a setback. How do you react when you face a setback? When you're excited and your plans don't pan out? How do you respond when you know what you're looking for and you have the courage to set out on the journey to go and to find it, and when you think you have arrived, instead of finding what you're looking for, you face a setback. The magi faced a big setback. They knew who they were looking for, and the people that they were asking all around them couldn't point them in the right direction. Hmm. Okay, time out. That's a word for somebody listening today. So I'm gonna take a time out and I'm gonna speak into that for just a minute. If you are on a journey to finding and following Jesus, and the people that you keep asking, the people that you're surrounding yourself by are pointing you in a different direction, it is time for you to ask somebody new. You will face enough setbacks that are unforeseen on your journey. Do not let something that you can control, the people that you surround yourself by, be your setback, amen? Amen. If that was for you, receive that today, because that is for somebody that is listening. All right, let's get back to the Magi. So the Magi. They're in Jerusalem and they're asking about where they can find Jesus and nobody knows. And King Herod gets all worked up and he calls together the religious leaders and he finds out that prophecy states their newborn king is to be born in Bethlehem. So Herod goes and he tells the Magi, not because he's trying to help them but because he's devising his own evil plot to get rid of Jesus, but that's another story for another day. Matthew continues, after they, the Magi, When the Magi faced a setback, they responded with persistence and their persistence paid off. They knew who they were looking for and God showed them exactly where to find him. And don't miss this part. God spoke to the Magi in a way that they would uniquely understand, in a way that they would uniquely see. He sent astrologers a star And when they saw that star, they were overjoyed and they followed it all the way to the very house where Jesus was and they worshiped him. Now, I don't know if you have seen this in the news, but tomorrow, December 21st of 2020, the Christmas star or the star of Bethlehem will be visible in the night sky. Forbes reported that Jupiter and Saturn will align during the winter solstice to create the bright star of wonder. Patrick Hartigan, astronomer at Rice University, said you'd have to go all the way back to just before dawn on March 4th, 1226, to see a closer alignment between these objects visible in the night sky. You know, I think it is incredible That in a year when we have gone through something globally that has impacted every human being on this planet in one way or another, that has left many people facing setback after setback and has left us looking for something, looking for hope, that God, when the universe was created, would have orchestrated that in 2020, on the week when we will celebrate the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, that he would send the world a reminder of where to look for the hope that we are all searching for, that he would send a star, and not just any star, but a star like the one 2,000 years ago that the Magi saw, that filled them with joy and then set them out on a journey to find and to worship Jesus The magi knew what they were looking for and they went on a journey to find it and when they faced a setback, they responded with persistence. And my question, my question for you today is what journey are you on? What are you looking for? And what journey are you on to find it? Now maybe some of you listening would say that You're on a journey, but you don't know exactly what you're looking for, but you know that you need to stop hurting. You know you need to get a hold of your anxiety or your depression. You know you need to stop turning to numbing mechanisms to escape from your reality. You may say that you still need to get out of a cycle of bad decisions or bad relationships. Like You know what you need, but you don't know where to find it. You've been on long, hard journeys towards financial freedom, towards release from addiction, escape from giving into lustful temptations to reconciliation of your marriage after trust has been broken, but you're facing another setback and you're ready to give up and doubt has crept in, doubt that you can be free, doubt that your life can change, doubt that your relationship can be restored, doubt that you can live with joy and peace no matter what life throws your way. And if that's you, if that's you today, I believe that this Christmas that God is leading you, directly to Jesus. The same way that he led the Magi. Think about it, like God could have led anyone to meet his son. He could have led royalty. He could have led the Jewish religious leaders. He could have led his devout Jewish followers, but he didn't. He led the Magi, these pagan priests, to meet his son. And by Jesus, by God leading the Magi to meet Jesus, He sent a message for all of humanity, for all of time. And I believe for you today of who Jesus was sent for and who He wants to take directly to meet Him. And today, if that's you, if you're on a journey of knowing, not knowing what, you, of knowing what you're looking for, but not knowing where to find it. I wanna ask you to be open and aware of where God is leading you. And I wanna encourage you to be persistent on your journey. Now I wanna take a minute to talk to those of you who've already believed in Jesus. We are called to follow our Father's example. We are called to not only lead his people to meet Jesus, but we are called to encourage them along the way. And this is why City Church exists. City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Jesus. And this is a culture that we unapologetically protect because we want every single person who walks on our campus, who we serve at an event, who listens to us online, we want every single person to know that they are welcome here, that they are loved, that they have a place to belong, and that we will help them on their journey, and all along the way, we will point them to Jesus, especially, especially when they're facing setbacks. This is what our Father has called us to do. And this is the example that he set for us. And I'm so grateful for this church and this community of believers who lives that culture out every single day. You know, 13 years ago, I met Jesus here in this very room that I'm standing in. And that started me off on a long, hard journey to finding freedom as I began to fully understand what it meant to follow Jesus. And I remember it was about 10 years ago and I met Pastor Yolanda. And she was persistently trying to get me to sign up for PTO, our Peeling the Onion program. Show of hands or The heart button, how many of y'all has uh, Yolanda gotten a hold of through our PTO program? Yeah, there's quite a few of us. Well, I remember Pastor Yolanda was trying to get me to sign up and I was not having it. Like I was letting her know and I did let her know through various choice words on multiple occasions that I'm not too proud of now that I didn't need it. And I went about my way, and I remember, it took about two years until I finally signed up. You see, I knew what I was looking for, I was looking for release from the things that I was feeling, the burdens that I was carrying, and I knew that the things that I was trying weren't helping at all, and I knew I needed something, I just didn't know where to find it, and so I signed up for PTO because I figured I had nothing to lose. And here's the thing, Yolanda was open to God's leading and she was persistent in my journey. And I signed up and I was in a group that she personally led and I was surrounded by a few other women who were pastor's wives, there was a missionary, a couple of longtime Christians and devout, followers and strong believers in the Lord, and I felt incredibly out of place. You see, I believed, I had this narrative in my head that my BC days, my before Christ days, were things that these women could not relate to. They were things that they only heard about preached in sermons, and I was somebody that they wouldn't even allow themselves to associate with. And I remember on the first day walking in and I unloaded. Like I literally word vomited out some of the worst decisions that I had ever made, some of the most shameful things in my past, some of my deepest wounds, and in turn, because of my hurt, some of the wounds that I had created in others. And like the magi, I expected them to be disturbed by my presence. But they weren't. They loved me right in the middle of my mess. And they walked with me willingly on my journey every step of the way, pointing me to Jesus. And I'm so grateful that they did. Because now I can look back at that long, hard journey that I'm still on, by the way. And I can see that what I was looking for, who I was looking for was Jesus. And now, now I know exactly where to find him. And I know that I will continue to be open to where God is leading me. I will be persistent on my journey, even in the face of setbacks, as I let God lead me to being more and more like Jesus. I don't know what journey you're on today. I don't know what you are looking for and what journey you're on to find it. I don't know what setbacks you are facing. But what I do know is that God wants to lead you directly to Jesus and today, I wanna ask you and encourage you to stay persistent on your journey. And as we close, I'd like to pray a blessing over you and your life and the journey that you are on. Join me. So Father, I just come before you and I'm lifting up every person that's listening to the sound of my voice right now. They are your children. Father, and I thank you for their lives. I thank you for who you've created them to be, Father. And I thank you that you are a God that pursues them, that you are a God that chases after them, that you are a God that would send your one and only son so that you may spend eternity with them, so that they may have hope in this life. And Father, there are so many people that are looking for something that are facing setbacks and they're on a journey and they're ready to give up. And right now, Father, I just lift them up and I lift them to you and I ask that you encourage them, Father, they are your children that you would show them, that you would guide them in a supernatural way, God. That you would show them what they need to see in the unique way, the same way that you showed the magi, the astrologers or star, show each and every single person something that means something to them between you and them that they know is you. And guide them, Father, take them directly to Jesus. Father, I pray blessings over their life, I pray blessings over their journey, Father. And I pray that they would be open and aware of your leading, that they would stay persistent on their journey, and that they would walk with you on that destination that you have for them as they become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.